Hi, and welcome to the first episode of the Nonprofit Workflows podcast. Uh, my name is Greg Godwin. Uh, I work for a nonprofit, have worked for a nonprofit for uh, a little over 10 years now. And I'm start, I've had this blog going online for the past couple of years and have now decided to start a companion podcast to go along with the blog. Uh, the blog can be found at nonprofitworkflows.com. Um, and my goal in the, the, the blog over the years has been to post very specific workflows and tips and things that I have found useful in, you know, chaining applications together and specific aspects of my workflow. And I'm going to continue posting that kind of content on the blog. Um, I'm actually going to scale that back a little bit in the, the coming weeks and um, try something a little bit different with the, the blog. Um, but it's going to be still focused mainly on specific workflows and, and um, kind of granular details. On the podcast here, I actually want to talk a little bit more sort of high view as to the kinds of things that I use and why I use them and what I have found helpful over the years. Um, this is not a podcast about starting a nonprofit or how to go about doing that. I was not around um, for the start of this nonprofit, um, even though I've been here for 10 years, that um, it was already well established by the time I came along. So when I was hired as the administrative assistant, uh, my job was basically to plug any holes that needed to be plugged and just kind of fill in wherever needed. And my role consequently has expanded over time as other holes have arisen and um, some things that I did initially have been passed on to other volunteers. And so what I what I want to talk about is just the kinds of things that I, that I use, the, the tools that I use to get this work done and, and to do it efficiently and effectively. Um, and so this first podcast episode tonight today is going to go over just a, a broad view of of the the different apps and services and computing devices that I use and make use of on a daily or or at least regular basis and then um, in the subsequent episodes of this podcast I'm gonna focus in more specifically on different categories so email will be one one topic one week and task managers another week and note taking another week and backups another week and things like that and just kind of chip away at things slowly and look at them a little bit more. My hope is to keep each episode at about 15 to 20 minutes um, somewhere in that time frame so that it's long enough to get some detailed information out there but not so long that it's uh, you know cumbersome to listen to in any way. Uh, so the best way to do this I think is just to get started so let's just dive right in. Um, I will say up front that I use Apple products. I, I started using a Mac um, um, about 13 years ago now, I guess, when I was in seminary. Um, and I've been using a Mac ever since and have been able, um, thankfully, to keep using um, Apple devices through that time. I, I At this point, I now use uh, an 11-inch MacBook Air, uh, an iPad Pro, uh, the small 9.7-inch iPad Pro, not the, the large iPad Pro, though when I get to that episode, I'll talk about how I wish I would have gone up to the larger iPad and specific reasons why that's the case. Um, and then I use uh, an iPhone. I, the specific one I have, if you're interested, is a, an iPhone 6S Plus. Um, I've had that for two years. I've had all of my devices for several years now, and they've been you know, working very, very well for me. I find the Apple ecosystem um, not to be without its problems, but I find it overall to work well, to work fairly seamlessly together, and to give you some uh, some nice ways of integrating apps with each other. And, and um, there are some very, very good applications out there that help 
make it possible to do the number of things you have to do in a nonprofit. You know, one of the things you'll find working at a nonprofit or other small business is that you will probably be wearing many hats and have many, many things to keep track of and to do. Um, and technology should make that easy. You know, computers can help us keep track of those kinds of things and automate some things for us and keep track of details that, that are, are fallible, finite brains cannot hold on to. Um, and one thing that, that I, I will say as well, something that I have learned over the years as um, we've gone through this and as God has continued to provide for our nonprofit and the work that he's called us to do, is that there's no, while you want to be a good steward of your money and you want to be responsible with, with the, the money that you have available to use, um, that does not necessarily mean always going for the, the cheap or the free option, because sometimes the most responsible thing you can do is actually spend a little bit more money on something that will actually help you to get more work done quickly and seamlessly and keep track of things. So don't necessarily be afraid to spend money. And that's actually one of the things I want to do here is go over some of the things I've learned and some of the things I've tried over the years and haven't worked and maybe save you some of the learning experience, you know, learning pains that I have gone through, um, just as I learned from some other people as they had gone through things. Um, so that's the general tech setup that I use, uh, you know, like I said, all Apple devices, um, for specific applications that I use on a daily basis. Uh, most common one that you're going to want to use is email. Um, there's a built-in mail app on all the devices. actually don't use that, haven't used the, the built-in mail app from Apple for a long time. These days, I primarily use an app called Airmail. Uh, it is an app that is available on the Mac, the iPad, and the iPhone. Um, it's built by a small team in Italy. It's just a f it's not very expensive at all. I think the iOS version is in the neighborhood of about $5, and the Mac version is about $10. So it's, it's really not expensive at all. Um, it has good search. It has nice nice design to it. It syncs your settings across. So one benefit of that is that if you have you know, multiple email accounts, you only have to enter them on one device and then you can actually sync your information down uh, through through the settings on other devices. So that makes it handy. Um, but that's the that's the app that I have been been using. And, it, and, you know, as with everything else, it has its quirks and its downfalls and its its oddities. But on the whole, it, it works quite well. And I've been quite happy with it. Uh, for messaging, I use two different things. I use the Messages app, uh, both for iMessages with other people and regular SMS text messages. Those are the the blue bubbles and the green bubbles if you've ever used an iPhone or an, I, an Apple device of any sort. Um, and again, one of the advantages to being on Apple's platform is that you can access your entire message platform from any of your devices. So your text messages are not tied just to your phone. You can, use, you can do them from your tablet and even from your Mac as well. Um, and then we also use Slack. We use Slack to help integrate with, we have between two dozen and 30 volunteers that do things for us. And so Slack has been a good way to try to keep people all involved in the conversation, generally aware of what is going on. And it's again, not perfect, but we found Slack to be useful. We've been using it for a little over a year now. Um, and on the whole, that has gone pretty well. Uh, task managers, I've tried a couple over the years for things, but one one app that I keep coming back to and have, have really relied on day in and day out for um, about five years now is an app called Things, and it's made by a, a group in Germany. Uh, the group is called Cultured Code, so the website for the app is culturedcode.com, and you'll see the app Things, again, available for the Mac, the iPad, and the iPhone. Um, it is a little bit pricier than some of the other apps. It is not the most expensive task manager, 
but um, it, it, it does cost money. But the thing that I found with it is that it is rock solid, very dependable, very flexible. They've released several updates over the past year. They had a, a major redesign um, last year and have continued updating it and, and adding features to it. Things that I'll get into later, things like automation and a way to email tasks into your, your task manager. But I have found it to be well worth it, um, well worth the money because without that, I would not be able to keep track of the things that I need to keep track of on a daily basis. Uh, another important piece that you would want to look into as you're getting set up here is uh, a password manager. Um, it's important when you're creating passwords for, for various accounts online, which you will be doing um, as part of your work for a nonprofit or a small business, is you want to make sure that you create unique, strong passwords on each um, website, on, on each account that you create online. And we use one password here. Um, we use the one password uh, team feature and we can share things back and forth and it has worked really, really well. Again, that's another app we have been relying on um, for five, six, seven years now, something like that. It's been, we've been using it for a long, long time and have been very, very happy with it. Um, and it lives up to its name. You create a master password to encrypt all of your password data. And the only password you have to remember is that one password, that one single password to unlock your, your password vault and all of your information is available to you. Uh, another thing that you're going to want is some sort of a, a way to take notes or, you know, save reference material for later. So take notes on meetings or notes on things that you want to do, um, various things like that. So uh, I've been using Evernote for a long time and continue to use Evernote. I have examined other options that are out there. There are some good apps that I'll get into when we get to the note-taking episode, but I find Evernote to be the most flexible. Um, to be very reliable. I can't say that it's the most reliable because I haven't tried all of them, but I find it to be very good. And, and they, again, keep updating it again and again and again. And it has nice collaboration features um, as well. And so I, I found Evernote to be key to helping me get my ideas down, my thoughts down, and not lose track of information along the way. Um, automation is another category here that I'll get into. And that's something that I did not make much use of when I started as a Mac user or even started working for the nonprofit. It was just over time, as I started to do the same kinds of tasks over and over again, I, I realized that I, there had to be a faster way to do something. And I, I had to, to find some way of getting into, uh, you know, getting text on, into emails or, or things faster and, and reducing the number of mistakes that I made and doing things more accurately and, and faster. And so I, I've built up a, a steady collection or a, a, a nice collection of automation apps over the years, both on the Mac and on iOS. And I'll get into that more, but a handful of the apps that I use for that are on the Mac. I use Alfred and Hazel, Keyboard Maestro, and Apple some Apple scripts, um, which is a, a scripting language that you can use to tie different apps together. And on, uh, on iOS, I use Workflow, Launch Center Pro, and Drafts. And Drafts just received an, another major update. It's on version 5 now, if you're following any of that. Um, the one cross-platform app that I use um, that's on both the Mac and on iOS is Text Expander. Um, and again, I'll talk more about automation when we get to that episode. For backups, for making sure that I have a, a good solid backup copy of my data, um, on the Mac I use um, Carbon Copy Cloner to make local backups to a hard drive that I keep in my desk drawer here. And I also use Backblaze, which is an inexpensive but very effective way of backing up your data online. So if something ever happens in a worst case scenario, 
house burns down, I lose both the computer and the backup drive that I have here. Backblaze has a copy of my data and I can get a, a drive from them in the mail um, next day, boot from that, get all my data and information back off of that, be up and running very quickly. And it, it's just an extra little bit of peace of mind because you know, as a nonprofit, as a small business, if you're keeping track of your data, there probably isn't, there probably are not multiple copies of your data out there somewhere. So if your device goes down, you could lose everything. And that, that could be a major, major headache. And it's not one that I even want to, to come close to experiencing. Um, on iOS, there is no such thing as a, a backup app um, like that. So um, we use the, I just use the default iCloud backup because that's the only option you really have. So just make sure you pay for enough storage on your device, which doesn't really need to be the full, you don't have to pay for the, as much storage as you have available on your device. Um, you can, you can, you'll be able to tell how big your backups are when you look into settings. And again, I'll get into that later, but I just do iCloud backups for my iPad and iPhone. And then the last category that I have here is an office suite of some sort. Um, and we actually use a combination of iWork, which are the, the Apple apps, pages, numbers, and Keynote that you get for free when you um, buy an Apple device. Um, Office 365, we, we do pay for that for several of our volunteers and for our, our, our two paid staff. And Google Docs, we use some of those as well. And we're always in the process of reevaluating that, seeing how much of this we need to pay for. The other one we pay for is Office 365. Um, and we pay a special nonprofit rate for that, which I'll get into a little later on, again, when I get to that specific episode there. But we do use all three of those at currently. Though that might, that might change in the future, but probably we'll keep using all three for various things because they have their own strengths and weaknesses. Uh, Similar to apps, but I'm categorizing these as services that I use. Um, Dropbox is the main one. Um, I pay for the Dropbox Pro um, account to store all of my data and information there. And that makes it really, really easy to get all of my data, to have access to all of my data and all of my files on all of my devices. And that's one of the keys, I think, to, to being successful at a nonprofit and being efficient with your time. And I think in some ways, even a, a good steward of your time and resources is having availability for that. Because, you know, for us, we're almost never, we're really never off the clock, strictly speaking. And it's really important to be able to get at information when you need to. Um, and so having all of your data saved in a place like Dropbox, where it will sync all of your, your files and your folders across all of your devices is really important and very, very handy. Um, we also use iCloud for syncing things like contacts and calendars and some of our data and some of our documents um, in spe within specific applications, um, most notably. So that's, that's an important feature there. Uh, for our bookkeeping services, we use a, a, a service called Aplos, A-P-L-O-S. Um, that is an online bookkeeping solution. We've, we've been using that for um, about four or five years now. It's been a while. We used to use QuickBooks. Um, Aplos has been a much better solution for us than QuickBooks. Um, and then services for the, the last service that we use most notably for our website is WordPress. We've been on a WordPress site now for um, a little over two years now, I think, between two and three years, we have been on a WordPress website. And again, that has worked out very, very well for us. It's been very flexible. There have been some, you know, some things to get used to not having been on a WordPress website before, but it's, it's working out very well for us overall. Um, 
And so that's a that's an overview of the, the kinds of devices, apps, and services that I use on a regular basis. There are all kinds of other little apps and things that I use, and I'll, I'll get into those into those some you know some later on um, in specific episodes of the podcast here. But that that's kind of a, a brief overview of what I have found to be helpful and where I've landed and, and the kinds of things that I've been using regularly for a while now. Um, and again, if you want to follow the blog, you can go to nonprofitworkflows.com and follow the work there. Um, I haven't had any posts up the past couple of weeks because we have been busy hosting a, a um, simulcast of a conference about how to help kids from traumatic backgrounds heal and return to something of a normal life and, and begin to, exp to experience and to see life normally. And so that's been our focus for the past couple of weeks and it's taken me away taken up all of my focus and attention, uh, all of my extra focus and attention, but I will get back into the blog soon. Um, so again, thank you for listening and I will talk to you next time.